Hi, it's Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks. Hey guys, it's Brittany Palmer, the UFC Octagon Girl. Hey, this is Trevor Hurst of Conline Crush. Hi, it's Bob Leonarduzzi of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Hi, this is Theotis Crane from AMC's The Walking Dead and WGN's Underground. Hi, this is George Thurgood. Hi, I'm Jackie Childs, social influencer. Hi, I'm William B. Davis, the cigarette smoking man from The X-Files. Hey, this is Vinnie Paul from Hell Yeah! And you're listening to the Toddcast right there in Vancouver. It's funny how life works, isn't it? When I was still doing the afternoon show at Fox 99.3 The Fox here in Vancouver, I was there between 99 and 2014, there was a local podcaster named Steve Stebbing who invited me to be a guest of his podcast, kind of focused on comic books and movies. And if you know me at all, that's right down my alley. Been a huge comic book fan since elementary school, I'd say probably close to 35 years. Anyway, turns out Steve's a good dude. We became friends And when I was shown the corporate door in the summer of 2014, so many of my buddies questioned whether I needed to go back to terrestrial radio or could I start a podcast, get some sponsors and do my own thing. Well, Steve was one of those guys and seeing what he was doing at the time was inspiring. Maybe I could do my own thing. Long story short, we're seven and a half years into doing this, still going strong. So Steve is a guest this week, long overdue. It is a weak segue, but I'm going to use it anyway. Speaking of inspiring people, BC Lions quarterback Michael Riley took some time with us just a few days back. He is a guest as well, and as a longtime fan of the club, watch the YouTube video to see me controlling my inner geek. You will hear from Michael within the next 15 minutes. First, our first guest of three, this week's musical guest, Buck Cherry singer Josh Todd. That is brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley since 2013. They also welcome podcasts, voiceover actors, of course, bands, and a bunch more. Check them out through pineapplesound.com. I believe that they're going to be doing a contest with us to record a single for a local band. I don't want to talk out of turn, but I do believe that's the case. Follow them on social media to keep up with what they're doing. As you know, Buck Cherry is a rowdy rock band. They've been around since 95. They formed in Anaheim, California. They've had some huge radio hits over the years. Lit Up, Crazy Bitch, Sorry, which is maybe their biggest. They're nine albums in now. Hellbound was released this year on June 25, and they're on tour. They're hitting Vancouver next month, October 5th. Now, originally, this was supposed to be happening at the Imperial, but poking around prior to recording this week's podcast, it looks as though that show has been moved to the rickshaw. Regardless, going to be a killer show. Everyone is ready for a big night out. Buck Cherry absolutely slays live. And we talked to their singer, Josh, for just over 30 minutes. You can hear that now. You can see it as well. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and our YouTube accounts. They're all at Toddcast Podcast. Here he talks about using some of his pandemic downtime to become a certified plebotomist. Like what? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You know, um, that was a lot of fun. You know, I love learning new things and, and don't ask me why I got really interested in that. I mean, I, when I get my blood taken every year, I go to a blood bank because, um, it's just closer to my house. And I just rather do that than have to fast in the morning and go all the way to my doctors. Cause my doctor's a little farther away. So, um, I go to this blood bank called quest diagnostics and, um, and, uh, I was there one time and they have the best phlebotomist cause they're just, they're doing, they're, they're taking blood literally all day long. So right. it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. You know? So, no. uh, this big tall tattooed guy came in and I'm like, 
oh my God. And, and he, and he just wrapped me up and took my blood and I literally didn't even feel it. And I was like, I was like, wow, man, you're like the best, you know, phlebotomist I've ever had. I go, I, I go, how'd you get into this? And I just started talking to him and asking him and asking him about his process. And, you know, I was really interested in the whole thing. And so cut to, uh, quarantine i'm like i gotta get out of this house i gotta i gotta work i want to i want to serve my community how can i do that and uh so i searched it up i found a little phlebotomy school i went to school for two weeks um learned a lot of did a lot of like after your first day of phlebotomy school you're already sticking people and they're sticking you and you know and none of us are uh doing it very well at the beginning so it's like you're coming home with like you know, six, seven sticks in your arms. And it's just, it because starts becoming, you start looking like a heroin addict when you get home, you know, um, it was funny, but I mean, and then we, we started getting really good because, you know, uh, we wanted to, you know, be successful every time. I think I only like missed a vein, like one or two times that whole time. And you had to do like, uh, I don't know, like 50 venipunctures, you know, uh, to complete, uh, to get certified. And then also, I had to take a national exam and uh, studied really hard for that and took that and um, passed it. And then I did it. Then you have to do an externship. And I did that, which is 40 hours at a, a clinic, you know, and I went, I went to this clinic and I had on scrubs, but I didn't have like uh, any, I didn't have long sleeves underneath it. And they looked at me and, and they said, Oh, you're, you got to, you know, you have to cover up your tattoos. You have to leave. And I was like, okay. And so I came back and I had, you know, like long sleeves. I didn't think they would have a problem with it because I've seen many people in scrubs with tattoos, you know, but, um, so I came back and, uh, then I had to like, uh, take people's blood in a clinical setting, which was, uh, you know, I was, I it was ner- nervous. I was nervous because I'd only done my students and, yeah. and I went in there and, uh, I handled it, you know, and, uh, then I started getting good at it, you know, and, and then I worked at a, I worked for four months at a COVID clinic down in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, And this was, this was after we had, we'd already recorded the whole time bomb record. I mean, time bomb, a hellbound record. So it was done. And then I started working at this COVID clinic, uh, basically to serve my community, pass the time and to, um, you know, uh, do more phlebotomy. I really enjoyed it. It's pretty cool, right? We got into the shows that Josh was binge-watching at the time. We're doing a 12-guest binge-watch podcast next week, by the way. Uh, What else? We talked to Josh about gambling, the albums that he would need on a deserted island, the music in his house as a kid growing up. And when I asked online if you wanted to ask Buck Cherry Singer a question, Cam asked whether he was the original singer of Velvet Revolver. And whatever happened with Slash, Duff McKagan, and Matt Sorum jamming with him? You know, back in the day, uh, in, in between Time Bomb and 15, you know, uh, three of the band members had quit. It was just Keith and I uh, holding things together. And and, and uh, at one point, uh, Duff, Slash, and Matt reached out to us. One, They were doing some uh, tribute or what was it? Wasn't it like a Randy Castillo tribute? Yeah, Ra- Ra- like Randy Castillo thing to raise money, some charity event at the Key Club and and asked us if we wanted to jam and do some covers and we'll do some Buck Cherry songs, some Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith. And, and they called it the Cherry Roses. Right. And we went and we went <laughs> yeah. and did the, we did this show and it was a lot of fun. And at that point in time, Keith and I had just been 
sitting there writing songs, you know, we, we weren't in a band situation we were just writing demos. And so it was fun for us to be in a band situation. And we were like joking to each other. We're like, man, this sounds like uh, Buck Cherry with like really great <laughs> uh, musicians, you know? And, um, and so we're like, that felt really good. There was kind of a buzz around LA after we did the show, you know, it was, uh, I do remember like were... even up here, dude, on the West coast of Canada. Fuck. I remember when you guys did that and like everybody was talking about it. Yeah. So we, we were like, let's call them up and see if they want to like do something, maybe put a band together. And, and they were thinking the same thing. And we became like a band for a month. We were, we just, we were going to rehearsal. We were writing songs. We were talking to managers. We were like trying to get it together. We were talking about band names and then all of a sudden Slash came in and abruptly said he didn't want to do it. And that was it. <laughs> and then, and then it wasn't only till after that, that those guys later uh, did the Velvet Revolver thing. So I was way before that. We'd love to hear some of that music. Imagine Velvet Revolver with the singer of Buck Cherry as the front man. Not that Scott Whalen didn't do a great job, but just saying. And Josh talked about the last year and a half with COVID. Obviously, tough times for everyone, certainly for touring bands. And what it was like making an album and releasing it during a pandemic. I don't know where it's going, but um, I think we're we're uh, everybody's just learning how to live live with it right now, you know. And and that's good, you know. Um, it's been challenging. I can't say that it hasn't. You know, last year was uh, rough and. You know, we just thank God we had this great record Hellbound to channel all of our energy into, you know, it's it's definitely one of our best records and um, had a lot of fun uh, creating it, you know, and, and that, that was our focus in 2020. And thank God for that, you know, and to have it out on the street now is like so amazing, you know, no doubt. And like, what are the, the differences of recording during a pandemic? And like, is it tough to get that creative juices flowing or like what a fucking drag? Um, no, you know, once we decide, uh, we're, we're gonna, you know, start that process. We just, we just start tackling it, you know, um, six days a week, honestly, we, we didn't uh, let up, you know, Stevie and I just started writing and writing and building a house, you know, that's what, uh, making a record is. You just have a foundation and that's it, you know? So, um, we wrote 28 songs for a, a 10 song record you know, to get it down to 10 songs and it's a masterpiece. I really, you know, for us, you know, I, I really, uh, it's fun to listen to from beginning to end. And, and that, that was a goal. Musical guests of the Todd cast podcast are powered by pineapple sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com.
never feel the same And she just can't stop thinking Will anybody ever even know my name? So she joined a band and she bought a van They drove straight to Cleveland Bend Sinister, B-E-N-D, Bend Sinister. Awesome song for those guys called Rock and Roll. And did you notice on their Facebook page, they had sent out a post saying that their upcoming mini tour, I think they planned on hitting like seven or eight cities in BC and Alberta, that has been canceled. However, their Vancouver date remains. Brass Camel, Bend Sinister, Bad Magic. It's this Saturday, September 18th at the Rickshaw Theater. That is going to be a great show. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes in Listen to This, the pretty reckless singer Taylor Momsen talking about recording a song with Soundgarden's Kim Thale and Matt Cameron. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, RV Service and Repair. ICBC accredited. Find them online on Facebook. Search out Tedco RV Supplies. First, the second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest, BC Lions quarterback Michael Riley. That is brought to you by Joyce Heating Services, family owned and operated, heating the lower mainland since 1960. Now, growing up in Surrey as a little kid, elementary school at Green Timbers, Simon Cunningham, Vancouver's major sports teams just kind of become ingrained in your blood. It's the Whitecaps, it's the Canucks, it's the Lions. So we always do our best to get a player from each team at least once a year. It's kind of trickier with the Canucks as they have a no podcast policy in place the last few years. That might change 
with a new club media manager, though. Anyway, the Lions have supported this podcast since we launched in 2015, and I've been a fan for literally as long as I can remember, and grabbing quarterback Michael Riley is pretty cool. The Lions play the Alouettes this Saturday, the 18th. Don't forget, that's a 4 o'clock start. We talked to Michael for just over 27, 28 minutes. Again, you can hear it, you can see it at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube accounts. Toddcast podcast. Listen to him talk about his first football memory. I, I I know exactly what it is. So I've been playing football since I was like six years old. My dad coached. I have an older brother who was playing before me, right? So um I, you know, I was kind of allowed to play a little bit younger than most kids because you know who's gonna sign the permission slip? Well, the dad's the coach. <laughs> he doesn't care, right. he'll take the responsibility if I get hurt. Um, but I was the I was the starting quarterback of the C team. So it, in, we had this thing called grid kids that we played, and it was like A, B, and C team. A was the oldest, B was the middle, C was the youngest. Um, and that was all prior to like middle school. So I was the starting quarterback of the C team. Uh, but the starting quarterback on the A team, so two age groups above me, had gotten hurt. And uh, so my dad was like, well, what the hell? I guess you'll just play for both teams. And so <laughs> nice. C team always played first, and then the A team played right afterwards. Um, and so I remember, like, playing the game for the C team and then running over the sideline. My mom would have, like, a hot dog from the concession stand, and I would crush that and, like, maybe a bottle of water, and then I'd run back onto the field and start playing for the A team. So, um you know, it was like, it's just what it was. It was kind of a normal thing for us was just, if you can, if you can walk, you can play. And so that's kind of what we did. I like that. I like finding out about the first things that they remember for what they're known for. Uh, we also got into talking about TV shows that uh, Michael was currently binge watching fake crowd noise at the major sporting events during COVID, how he saw Pearl Jam at the Gorge in George. And Michael talked about the music that was playing in his house as a kid growing up. You know, I mean, it was like country music, you know, every time that we'd be in the, in the van with this big van that my mom would be driving around, you know, taking us to all the different errands that she had to run. It'd always be like, you know, Garth Brooks and George Strait and stuff like that playing. Like, honestly, now, if you turn on like old school and I say old school, like nineties country, um, on the radio, I, I could probably sing every single song, not well, of course, but I at least yeah, have yeah. the lyrics to just about every single song. Um, you know, from that generation, uh, my dad always listened to, you know, Willie and the boys, the four horsemen, stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and so that's what we would, we would go on. Like me and my dad would go on a two hour drive to, to Bluewood to go skiing, you know, every weekend in the winter time. And, and we were always listening to like Waylon Jennings, like all the time. And so, yeah. Uh, again, I can still probably repeat just about every one of those lyrics. So that that that's what we listen to. Yeah, dude, um, that 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 kind of becomes like almost com- it's comfort music at that yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, it's not what I listen to now, but I do I do have that music downloaded on my phone, and you know, you know, I, I never really search for it, but every once in a while I'll put it on shuffle, you know, and and one of those songs will pop up, and I, you know, you don't skip past it; you just kind of listen to it because it's just so good from your childhood, right? And we asked Michael if he had a near death story. It's a question that we love asking our guests because most of them have one. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, I have. It, it was so when I was in high school, I was out at a friend's house who lived not that far. And this was so I grew up in Washington, but I graduated from high school in Montana. We moved there midway through my junior year. So I was in Montana. Uh, I think it was my senior year of high school. And uh, I was driving home from a buddy's place. It wasn't super late, but it was like late fall. And, and so it was already dark out, maybe like seven or eight o'clock. But it was just like massive windstorm. 
Um, like one of those ones where you see like these big trees completely swaying and everything like that. And there's lightning and, and thunder and all this kind of stuff. And, and it wasn't that long of a drive. It was like 10 minute drive to get back to my house. And I'm on two mile drive, which is like very close to where my, my parents' house is. And I'm, I'm within 30 seconds of being home. And as I'm driving down the road, a tree blows over into the middle of the road. I'm going, you know, 40 miles an hour, maybe speed limit, whatever it was but it's got a fork in the, in the trunk and it hits and it hit right as my car drove through it. And my car went through the fork in the tree. And so one second I'm driving the next second, I'm like on an incline sitting there. Um, for some reason, the airbag didn't go off, but, uh, cause I think it just went right through the fork, but the, the trunk came through the windshield and was just inches from my face where I stopped. And so I had glass all over me. I had like leaves and stuff. I mean, I had no idea what what the hell's going on here. I'm like sitting in my car, there's a tree in my car. And so, you know, I took a minute to like compose myself and I was able to open the door still. And I like shimmied out from the car and looked at it. And I was like, this is back. I'm in high school. We don't have cell phones yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. Like uh, they, they existed, but not in the capacity they do now. So I just like grabbed my keys and I just jogged home. It was like, you know, like a <laughs> two minute jog. So I, I'm, I like run through the backyard and the back sliders locked. And my parents are sitting in the dining room, like talking to each other. I'm like knocking on the door and I got like tree branches. <laughs> like, I got some like cuts on my face. I'm like bleeding. And my mom is like, what the hell is going on? What's going on so, here. Like, so I tell them and we get in their car and we, we drive out of the neighborhood and down the street. And when we pulled up to where it was, my mom, like, cause she was like, I was trying to explain it to her. I don't think they really understood what I was saying, but when we got there and like, she saw it, she just like broke down and started like crying. She was like amazed that I wasn't dead. It was the uh, craziest experience that I've had. And it was super weird, but uh yeah. yeah, it was like a cool story the next day of school. I well, of course, man, for the rest of your life. School, you don't really think much of it, but looking back yeah. on it, I'm like, wow, that, that was crazy. Sporting guest visits of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Joyce Heating Services, a family-owned and operated heating business serving the Lower Mainland since 1960. Online at JoyceHeating.com.
Podcast podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world, online at milanocoffee.ca. And now, listen to this on the Toddcast podcast. You'll know the Pretty Reckless's singer Taylor Momsen from acting. In The Grinch with Jim Carrey, she was little Cindy Lou Who. She played Jenny in Gossip Girl. But when we talked to Taylor, it was all about the music. Her band formed in New York City 2009, and since the release of their debut in 2010, it has been full on. They've topped the US and UK rock charts, huge world tours, their latest album, their fourth, Death by Rock and Roll, came out in February of this year, 2021. And when Taylor was a guest, we talked about Marvel, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Pink Floyd came up. She talked about her first concert, seeing the White Stripes. She shared a near-death experience story involving a riptide when she was just a little kid. We got into the pandemic a little bit. We talked about the WWE, Seinfeld, and WandaVision. And Taylor talked about recording a song with Soundgarden's Kim Thale and Matt Cameron for the Pretty Reckless's latest album listen to this um well we you know it kind of stems from a you know kind of a sad story but um you know we were opening for Soundgarden on their on that last tour um which was incredible I mean it was the highest of highs like I couldn't I couldn't believe that we were there like (laughs) opening for Soundgarden like it was it blew my mind It it was absolutely the most amazing experience and then you know it obvious and so I became friends with them on that tour and um you know, it obviously ended uh, very tragically, which, you know, with the, with the passing of Chris that, that took everyone by surprise, but really, that really crushed me in a way that I still don't know how to put into words. Um, and it kind of took me down this, this, this rabbit hole of, you know, de- de- depression and substance abuse and everything that comes with loss. And, you know, and cause shortly after we lost Chris, we also like, we went through a lot of hits in the pretty reckless world. Um, shortly after the music world lost Chris, we, I, I found myself not in a good place to be public. Like I, I came to that conclusion fairly quickly of like, I, I can't get on stage every night and pretend that I'm okay when I'm kind of falling apart inside. And so I, I canceled touring and, and went home to kind of regroup and um in process and and as soon as i kind of started to get my feet back on the ground i i got a phone call that our producer kato had died in a motorcycle accident and that was just the nail in the coffin for me where i just spiraled down like very quickly into you know this hole of darkness that i didn't really know how to get out of and sorry i'm kind of rambling now but to to make a very long straight there's no way to not talk about these things um while speaking about the album because it's just it's, it's such a part of it um and so to make a very long story short, it was it was music was the thing that I turned to that really kind of pulled me out of this funk. Um, you know, when I finally picked up a guitar again and and started to write, I, I feel like I didn't I feel like this record's different in a lot of ways in the sense that I didn't really have to try to write it. I kind of it just kind of poured out of me whether I wanted it to or not. Um, it was like always all these emotions and all these things that I had been feeling and bit like repressing for you know, months on end, as soon as I kind of, you know, cracked that door open, it was like a dam exploding and it just all overflowed. And that, that in itself was very cathartic. Like that was kind of the first step of me um, healing and getting my life back on track, I guess. And so anyway, (laughs) back to Matt and Kim, (laughs) I wrote the song Only Love Can Save Me Now. And, uh, and just, I love that song. And just due to the, you know, the, the kind of overall vibe of it, I just, 
I thought that, you know, Matt and Kim's just incredible, masterful musicianship, they would add such a, a weight and a quality to it that would really take the song to the next level and, and really see it through to its full potential. So I sent them a demo of it and said, would you guys want to, would you guys want to play on this? Like, I think that this could be really awesome. Uh, <laughs> and they listened and said, yeah. And, and the experience was fantastic. I mean, we, we actually recorded, it was one of the last songs we recorded for the record. Um, we did it in Seattle at the legendary London Bridge Studios, which is, you know, where Soundgarden made Louder Than Love and Pearl Jam made 10 and Alice in Chains made Dirt. And, um, Yes. You know, so many other records. So just so to be there, like, and I'm a firm believer that like spaces are kind of like people, they hold memories and energy and, you know, inside the walls. And so just walking in there and it was incredible. You could just feel, you could feel it, you know, and, and then to be there with Matt and Kim and have Kim walk around and point to everything on the wall and have a story about it was just absolutely amazing. And then to get to the actual recording of it, to hear that song come to life for the first time in a real way, like the first time Matt hits his snare and the first note that Kim plays it just exploded out of the speakers of pure and utter awesomeness that only they can deliver and it just you literally absolutely incredible can you see this my hair no I know I still get goosebumps it was standing up right now like freaking sound garden is helping you with a song like it's absolutely insane and like I don't I don't want to speak for them because that's not my place but um but I love them I love them so much like I I, I there's not just as musicians, which is like, obviously, I don't have to say that, but as people, like, they're so incredibly kind, like they're everything you want them to be and more like it's, you yeah. know, you always hear don't meet your idols because you know, they can go south really quickly. And like, they, there's so much, there's, uh, I, I don't have words. I just, I love, I love you guys, Matt, Kim, yeah. Ben, you know, I like, I love you guys. And, um, and it just, I'm so grateful that they were a part of this and, and, uh, and it was just this very full circle moment, like after all this hell, like to, to be there together, creating something new, I, I felt like it was this very beautiful moment um, and really just shows kind of the healing power of music. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com.
just an absolute stomper. Dead quiet, a tone deaf. Love that band. Love that song. You can see them live at the Rickshaw Theater in Vancouver on November 5th. Another banger show. Dead quiet, brass, Heron, which you've heard a few times on this podcast, and Empress. Expect that one to be a rowdy night. Played you Collision Course and a new song for them called What's My Name. It's a new song for the podcast as well. A first spin. Thanks for sending in, boys. They will be at the rickshaw a month from now, Friday, October 15th. Our buddies in Sleep Circle, Jake Tuzel and the guys, are headlining the night. Redwoods, Stickman, Damsel and Collision Course. Mo and the team at the rickshaw just continue to soldier on and good on them because God knows we need venues to survive this pandemic. So many have already been closed down. It's absolutely crazy times. Speaking of live music, find local and live stream shows with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. If you're playing one or you're going to check out something, if it's indie, let us know about it and we'll get it up at the website. Some free promo. We get roughly 3,000 visits a day. It's brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 years plus experience in the music industry. Find out more through mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of episode 253 is podcaster and national movie critic Steve Stebbing. This week's entertainment guest brought to you by Sacred Meds, the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. Find hash, CBD oil, bath bombs, teas, and more. Use the code TODCAST for 10% off your entire order, check them out through sacredmeds.com. As mentioned off the hop, Steve Stebbing is a key reason why this podcast even exists. When I was still doing radio here in Vancouver, Steve had me over a few times to hang out, smoke weed, shoot the shit about comics and movies and whatever else. He's a good dude. His wife, Jen, is super cool as well, laid back. She's part of the magic of that podcast as well. They're just a great couple. Anyway, you may remember a movie feature that we used to do on this podcast. I think we called it the Movie Minute. Anyway, we stopped doing it because we couldn't find a sponsor for it, to be honest. Uh, well, we had one, and then we just lost it anyway, because uh, it was good content. Steve's a savant when it comes to movies. He's well-spoken. He's not afraid to share his opinion. You can hear him as a national film critic for The Shift with Shane Hewitt across the global news radio network. We talked with Steve for just over 40 minutes. I told him it would be maybe 15, 20 minutes kind of thing, but come on, once you start talking, it's kind of easy to get carried away. You can hear and see it at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube accounts. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Kind of makes sense to talk to Steve about his first movie memory. Oh boy. Um, Like my first memories are like... um, grabbing stuff at the video store and VHS and everything. And like, right. uh, just grabbing random movies that my mom would let me watch, um, going to transformers, the movie in theaters, the cartoon movie. I remember crying in the theater because spoiler alert, they kill Optimus prime. No. And I was, I was just devastated. Yeah. Absolutely devastated. Um, I remember, uh, breaking my ghostbusters VHS tape because I had watched it so much. Um, but then, <laughs> you know, I remember in the nineties being reluctantly, cause I'm a huge horror guy now, huge horror guy. And I remember being so scared of it, like right up until like, into my preteen years. And then at like, uh, like a, a friend sleepover, like a birthday party sleepover, there's nothing but horror movies. You got to sit and watch these. You got to act cool. Right. Of course. And yeah, yeah. I think that kind of clockwork oranging of myself, 
and and like forcing like, myself to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Steve just like, must watch exactly. horror movies. I think that um I think that helped me. Um that was a bridge because I, I kind of like, then I, I wanted to watch everything like that afterwards. Uh, maybe it was the fact that it was prefaced by RoboCop in the gore that's in RoboCop. Cause there oh, yeah. is a few sequences of pretty gnarly gore in it. And I was like, it's a good lead in. Yeah. It's just a really good talk with Steve. He's a longtime friend of the podcast. We got into Rob Zombie's work in the horror genre. Marvel versus DC came up. Brandon Lee's death on the set of The Crow, whether aliens have visited and live among us on Earth. We got into the shows that he's binge-watching, Ted Lasso, Preacher, The Witcher. He talked about the summer that they've had in the Okanagan with the wildfires, because Steve lives in Penticton. COVID numbers just blowing up over the summer in Kelowna. Steve talked about how Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan got him into podcasting. But really, though, it's more Kevin than Joe. I, I mean, largely, yeah, uh, it was the fact that he had because I mean, he him and Joe Rogan and and a couple other people are like the kind of the beginning, the forefathers of podcasting, really. Yeah, but I mean, Joe Rogan's so, huge. Oh, absolutely. But it's crazy. Yeah. And a little sad sometimes, <laughs> but also uh, yeah, it's it's an, it's a whole thing. But Kevin yeah. Smith is the is the guy that made the leap to, well, I'm going to make like a streaming thing of not just my show but i'm kind of eclectic i want to make all these other different shows and stuff and my friends want to make show and he made the smodcast internet radio he made sir which was right but i had like i at my day job i had it on the widget on the screen and playing through my speakers probably not the best idea given the content that was coming out of like smodcast and like their yeah. morning show and everything because it's just completely uncensored right and stream of consciousness stuff because some of it was actually live right there were live streaming podcasts which is a huge thing right right and i was like this is really cool i really like this but like beyond that like I want to do it. I think I could do it. I think I have stuff to stay stuff to say really. And I think I was a bit like ambitious, like grandiosely ambitious because uh, then I was like, well, I want to get all my friends and we'll all have different shows and all this kind of stuff. And like, try to right. like, you, you were trying to start a network. I was trying to start a network. Uh, yeah. It, like, more than a decade ago is when I first like had the idea to do that. And that became the League of Man Children, which right. was a few shows. Right. But then as like people's level involvement started to change other, you know, day jobs are a thing, obviously, and, and stuff. And it just it doesn't sometimes schedules don't match up anymore and, and stuff kind of has to fall by the wayside. But right. by that point, I'm like I, I've made a lot of friends and everything. So I'm also here and there making the leap to radio and stuff like it's 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 been like the weirdest um kind of a unique experience uh just just to kind of get go from like really amateur to like legit yeah but like i mean the really amateur like the beginning stuff like our first recording as a group of people was basically all of us yelling at a mic in the center of a room. <laughs> like it's embarrassing to even think about now. It's right. like the humble, humblest beginning. <laughs> I mean, you really can't go wrong. Two juggernauts of the podcasting world, Kevin Smith, Joe Rogan. And since I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I brought that up. And Steve talked about how Quentin Tarantino, the director, changes history in his movies, which when you think about it, is super true. Are you okay with him changing history? Um, 
Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, for his own, like, he's probably one of the only filmmakers that you'll allow, like, a known filmmaker that you'll allow to get away with changing history. Like, okay, you're allowed to kill Hitler. Right. Okay, you can swerve and have Manson's followers get fucking brutalized by the neighbors instead of killing Sharon Tate and her friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like... The Sharon Tate one, I can see rubbing people the wrong way. Hitler is like, everyone wants to kill Hitler. Like, it's like. Well, wasn't uh, there a big, like, bruja about uh, the way that. Uh, uh, speaking of Brandon Lee, mm-hmm. how, how Bruce Lee right. was yeah, portrayed yeah, yeah. in that film. Wasn't there yeah. like some controversy there's, there? There's still there's still back and forth. The, the, the family, I forget what her name is, but the family of. Bruce Lee, which I guess would be a granddaughter maybe at this point or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has been trading back and forth. This, these Ew. barbs with, with Tarantino and yeah, still, still because, well, I think it was renewed too recently because they published um, once upon a time in Hollywood as a book now. Okay. It's like the book written by Quentin Tarantino. So it's like, Again, you're rehashing the Bruce Lee because that scene is like a pivotal <laughs> scene. And like it does make Bruce Lee look like a, just a raging douchebag. Uh, totally. Just her, like my hands are lethal weapons. Like that whole like. Right. Like, As he's looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it just it doesn't paint him in a good a light at all. And but right. like, I mean, Tarantino at the same time has has always been no apologies about anything he does no um always over the top exactly he hates it when people derive uh inflammatory morals and stuff like that like there was the british reporter that um came after him on uh um violence against women uh it was that british the same british guy that like snagged that diana interview in the mid 90s okay that that really controversial interview same guy so he just asks incendiary questions like right. he's done it to robert downey jr he does it to everybody pushing but the buttons exactly exactly that's the kind of interviewer he is which uh, is not the template ever to go off of no um but yeah i i mean tarantino is what he is uh, i love once upon a time not my favorite what is his best what's your favorite from mine tarantino mine personally is the hateful eight Toddcast Podcast Entertainment Guest Visits are powered by Sacred Meds, the best craft cannabis and psilocybin dispensary in Canada. Available online at sacredmeds.com. Use promo code TODDCAST at checkout for 10% off everything in store. Paper back 
Saw the writing on the marquee sign It said, son, you better get tough or die Cause this world can be hard On every boulevard It takes courage to survive So get tough or die When all you wanna do is sit and cry Get tough or die Because the streets get a Son, you be brave and strong Work long days while the days are long When you reach down and the whales won't dry Son, you better get tough or die Cause this world can be hard His name is Kyle McKerney, and a new song for him called Tough or Die. Simply put, that's a song about resilience. Longtime friend of the podcast, you have heard his music in one form or another over the last seven years. Super talented musician, living in Alberta now, tackling the Americana genre and taking names. He and his wife welcomed a baby boy into the world just a couple of weeks back, Jones River McKerney. That is absolutely beautiful, and I think we're going to wrap it up on that super positive note. Looking forward to next week, you'll hear from 12 guests talking about the shows that they were binge-watching at the time of our interviews. Now, he's not on next week's podcast, but check out what former Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo was listening to when we talked. Um, <laughs> dead Files. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm watching, you know, Ghost Stories. Um, I just saw La Llorona on the plane the other night. I really like horror movies, yeah. but you know, the, the tasteful ones. I, I can't, I can't tolerate, you know, cheesy flicks in the first 15 minutes. If you don't get me, I'm on to the next, you know, I'm just, I'm just like that. So, you know, uh, basically just, you know, movies like that programs, like that. I don't really binge watch because I find myself uh, drawn to to music. So when I'm watching something, um, I'm actually not paying too much attention to dialogue. What I'm paying attention to more is the music. <laughs> and I find that sometimes 
not very helpful when, when you know, your wife, oh, let's, let's sit and watch a movie, you know, and you're sitting there listening to it, and you're like, uh, I just had an idea. i got to go back upstairs. You know? and, <laughs> totally. And you're like, okay, well, have fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that's next week. Twelve guests will talk about the shows that they're binge-watching. Of course, wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well, Buck Cherry singer Josh Todd. Thank you for taking some time. Been a fan of your band for... I mean, since you launched, basically looking forward to your show in Vancouver next month. We'll see you there. BC Lions quarterback, Michael Riley. Thank you for jumping on a zoom and for being as cool as I hoped you would be. And podcaster, movie critic, Steve Stebbing. Great to catch up as always. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You were key in me deciding to go this route of podcasting after almost 20 years of terrestrial radio. So thank you for that. So great to see you, bro. Fun week, episode 253 coming to a close. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. Subscribe. You can on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. We're also part of the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto at deanblundell.com. Comment and rate the podcast. It helps with the search results. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our excellent sponsors. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day cheap there's contact info at the home page and if you help us find a sponsor we will give you a commission based on the ad buy if you know or maybe you run a business that gets outside of the box advertising let's talk we'll have a coffee have a beer and see what we can do together till next week don't be an asshole nobody wants to be around that have fun play hard and most of all believe in yourself the Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca.